Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. CT Radio, sponsored by American Communications Online and Aquarian Radio with Janet Carol Lesson, my favorite co-host, and Karen Gresham Nickel of Texas. So Janet will be coming to you from Maui, Hawaii, Karen Gresham Nickel from Dallas, Texas, and Teresa J. Morris from Gulf Breeze, Florida. So welcome aboard all you ground troops spinning around smartly. Hope everyone is alive and well on planet Earth. Uh, life is a conundrum, one might say, but we like to say it's all about light workers and truth seekers and metaphysicians that are finding their way to live with their selves as well as their friends and their cultures and their way of being with others and we're all about love and light and living and leaving a legacy for the others on the planet and I'm joined with two women that are similar to myself as far as things that go bump in the night and things that are extraterrestrial and metaphysical ways of uh, finding out how we can be better at being ourselves on this spiritual excuse me journey while learning of uh, men in black, UFOs, aliens, ET, angels, spirituality, dimensions, realms, and how to separate perception from truth and reality under this paranormal world that uh, we live in, in cyberspace. Now, cyberspace has many levels, alpha, uh, omega type of energy, or male and female, or black and white, or yin and yang, or whatever you want to call it in this wheel of life, uh, and there's many ways to look at uh, how we perceive our reality, and we've uh, stuck a lot of words out there. And information we're finding out is much more important than just communication of uh, sound and vibrations. But we talk a lot in sound and vibrations today. And I'm looking forward to getting on with my friends, uh, with Janet Carolesson and Karen Gresham Nickel. And uh, they're going to be joining me, I'm sure, here in any time now. Uh, <laughs> Janet does her own um, intro, 
and then she calls over and joins us here on our show. And uh, let me see if I can get uh, her attention on her show on Blog Talk Radio with Aquarian Radio because uh, she and I haven't been able. A lot of my equipment has been changing, and the cues and the uh, everything. It's amazing how much things have been changing and uh, getting in. And even our cell phones were out in the area. Uh, it, I don't know what all is going on, but apparently upgrades. And uh, it's been – oh, I see what I did. I put that C in when there is no C. I keep trying to spell acquired. For Aquarian Radio, but it's been quite the challenge just to uh, raise attention and get myself back into uh, cyberspace with my friends and uh, all of that. So let's see here. How would one? Oh, okay. Here's the number: six four six six four nine zero eight nine three. Oh, there she is. I think. Let's see if this is Janet Carlos and Karen uh, Gresham Nichol. She's on another. Hello. Oh, good. I was calling into your show, but I'm glad you called into mine. Yay! The gang's all here, yes, folks. Okay. I was calling you. Good to um, have you talking here. Talking to you while you were searching. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm so glad to connect with you. I was. <laughs> I was. That's I was, wonderful. Uh, uh, telling you to look at the numbers, look at the numbers, and then you did. See, you didn't hear me, though, but you got it psychically. <laughs> look at us. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, shall we introduce ourselves? We can hear you or... in that other dimension. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, uh, Karen, they're so Karen, funny. Uh, well, Karen, it, we, let's go ahead. We have two shows okay. going on, and so, Janet, I was listening to your show, you know, on Aquarian Radio that comes across on my TV, and then my show that comes across on my TV. So I know that all the money I'm paying out there to get us syndicated is working. However, it's funny because when you listen to your show and you calling my show, we hear all the beginning of you guys trying to get online like last week and vice versa. So maybe we should have you guys do a little short intro on this show so it covers on my YouTube channels, and and then I'll introduce myself on your show if that's okay. Since they're crossing in television land, does that make sense? Well, I, I did yeah, you already so introduce me? Real quick me. and don't make sense. I I said we're we're simulcasting with uh, Teresa J CJ Morris ET Radio, and we're uh, Janet Carolus and Teresa J Morris and Karen Gresham Nichols, and we're three. Because uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on introduction. People are you know tune into us every week. We're doing this every week. We're going to do this until disclosure. There we go. To the That's right. That's Close right. And we're going to get syndicated. And oh, we are syndicated. <laughs> I know, but yeah, more so. We, Especially with what Oh, you want to do television out. shows. Okay. We're going to show yeah. up and be blonde, well, red, and brunette bombshells, right? No. I got <laughs> it wrong. Whatever it takes. I colored my hair again this week. I, I got, I got the, done with the COVID hair. I went in the bathroom. I trimmed my hair myself. And I colored it myself, and I said, okay, we're ready for, we're going to do Zoom, I guess. And somehow we can do Zoom. I'm ready for uh, my close-up. <laughs> Just let me know ahead Zoom. of time where we can put on makeup. Ask, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, we'll put on makeup. Ask Eric how we do Zoom and blog talk at the same time so we can simulcast. Oh, oh okay. Well, Zoom and man, blog he's taught talk. me Zoom, but I, I, I've not done that. So I I have a lesson yeah, me with either. him after the show. Well, I 
I have no idea if it's even possible. I'm giving you a hypothetical. Is it possible to Zoom and blog talk and then do both of our blog talks so we simulcast on three Do you want me to text him and ask him? I can right now. He'll give an answer. Sure. Well, not today, I hope, because my hair is not colored. Then we'll go into a class. No, no, no. Next next week we can Zoom it. Good. We gotta color our hair and put on our makeup, and then we'll do. I'm lucky We're not to be here. Yeah. Green screen. Oh, yeah, I have a green goodness. screen. I bought a green screen. I'll get it up. Well, you know, it's just a little uh, piece of plastic. Yeah, catch up with the rest of the world. Just, um, we might as well. Yeah. So many podcasters yeah, do it. that now. Uh huh. So guess what I found, TJ. Right before what? I was broadcasting, uh, what's his name? Kevin from Kevin, somebody from uh, Canada, one of my people, uh, sent me a link and said, "Here it is. Let me get it." Uh, that Doctor Sala just said, did, "Did President Trump just acknowledge extraterrestrials crashed at Roswell?" So apparently today, no, yesterday, June nineteenth, um, Donald was was interviewed by his son, Donald Trump Jr., and was asked about the existence of alien extraterrestrial life and its connection to the 1947 Roswell UFO incident. And we've been covering this for two or three weeks now, and Roswell's coming up. The anniversary is the first week of July, so we'll be doing it in a couple weeks. So the president's answer appeared to support decades-long rumors of an extraterrestrial crash at Roswell and even hinted that the truth might be declassified before he leaves office. Wow. Yeah. Before he didn't respond to such a controversial question. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, and then this group, what I heard along, which on I the think e- is part of. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just give this and then we'll do, we'll talk it. I just want to give a little background, okay? So, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the article, okay? Um, okay. Let me just give you the highlights. Sure. So anyway, QAnon, um, QAnon put it up on, on their system, and it said that um, that he, he said that there's a UFO disclosure campaign underway where the world may soon learn about the truth. So we've had this all the time, uh, and so there's an article about the Roswell. And then uh, a little background of Roswell, and I put some videos up there. And let me go back to what, uh, Ros- what uh, Trump Jr. indicated, that he was genuinely intrigued by decades-old reports of an alien crash and wanted to know the truth. In fact, he emphasized the personal importance of this issue to his dad, and he wanted an answer from his father. So there's a transcript of the dialogue. Let me just scan it real quick. He said, before you leave, uh, will you let us know if they're aliens? Because it's the only thing I really want to know. I want to know what's going on. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's really going on here, says Junior to Dad. And 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 POTUS said so many people asked me that question, so um, so Don Jr. said uh, it's it sounds ridiculous, but actually the question it's a real question, and so POTUS said a cute question, but there are millions and millions of people uh, that want to go there anyway. So it says anyway he said um, so you're saying you may declassify it, and then he said I have to think about that one anyway. So there's a whole article, and it goes on and on. About this, uh, this is the closest we've gotten to a president even talking about Roswell, except like I think Obama did a little bit. Okay, so now I'll pass the talking stick. First of all, let me know which two, which of you two want the talking stick first? 
Well, let me say what, something order first because I'm texting Derek okay, about then. the question you asked yeah, earlier. So can me. you tell me uh-huh. what that is? What is that? Because I'm we'll, we'll into deal with that. We'll deal with that after. We'll, we'll oh. deal with that afterwards. Too complex okay. to explain right now. Z-O-O-N. And I don't want to bore her. Yeah, yeah, just I, tell okay. him to put Zoom with. I want you to pay. We'll talk about that later. But Zoom. Oh, with blog talk. Later. Yeah, we'll talk about later. Just tell it's him to get familiar yeah, with it, Zoom right. and blog My talk. My apologies. Radio. <laughs> right, right. We want to simulcast the two. And so, okay, so I'm going to start the timer. So we'll pass it to TJ, okay? Take oh. it away. You've got five minutes. Oh, me. <laughs> Okay, yes. I'm not uh, – okay, well, yes, I'm familiar with uh, – uh, some very important gentlemen have taken an interest in me uh, at the above. I can't tell them they asked me to remain anonymous because they represent some big high muckety-muck figures. But uh, they wanted me to know that Donald Trump Jr. was coming out of the closet, so to speak, as uh, maybe he could run on the platform for those of us. I'm like, what? And there, now I don't know, folks. This is hearsay, but I didn't. Well, it's not even hearsay to me because I didn't hear it said. They they uh, sent it to me in my computer land. So in computer land, in cyberspace, like you get things. But various older guys, and uh, with the world the way it's changing, because I did a lot of the MIB. I get my uh, history off of uh, doing all this stuff from my out of body near death. So a lot of these medical. Uh, it, People are getting into the integrative medicine and political field because they want, uh, you know, the money to do the future of how all of us ET beings are integrated uh, DNA people, uh, which is all of us as far as I'm concerned, uh, are going to move forward on this planet because they know we're going into space. So uh, they were talking to me about some of my old books that I wrote about the seven levels and, uh, you know, space and my out-of-body experiences and my near-death experiences. So I was real happy that they were taking an interest finally because they were saying, well, why the ET part of the out-of-body near-death? So I explained to them that, uh, you know, I had died, and to me it's no different because it's just like being out of body, but I'm not trying to start any anything or be a guru or be a anything. I'm just, you know, worried, not really worried. I'm curious about the mysteries of life and why we don't address those because uh, one of the things about when I would be sick, uh, when I was a little girl, I, I went down into my brain, and I didn't want people to get trapped there because I was trapped inside my brain, and I could see it. So when I, was, uh, when I broke my neck and back years ago, I was real concerned about my mental capacity because I'd already had uh, uh, died a couple of times, or maybe three times by that time, been out of body, traveled, and then I'd worked uh, for the government, and I'd done uh, men in black kind of stuff, or going out looking for UFOs. And uh, we've started discussing that, but Janet was the one that was helping me multi-layer the reality as to why is this all important. Because it wasn't important to me, but I knew it must be important to the government because they wanted it kept underground, so to speak. So all these people are starting finally after eight years I've been doing this radio show, emailing me or getting in contact with me or having people talk to me. And they're changing all my reality in my computers, who can talk to me now. Now that I'm taken serious, very few people can contact me. Matter of fact, I haven't been able to contact anybody. My phones, my computers, everything is like 
I don't know if it's extraterrestrials off planet or if it's the people on the planet or they're all working together. So finally this man said, well, we're looking at Donald Trump Jr. as taking this forward as the president, the E.T. president. So I don't know what to think about that. But now that Janet said she read something, that, so that go, go, that's why this, this show is important, Janet, is connecting the dots with you and Karen. And then how is this all playing out in you guys' life? Because we're so shut down, and not only from COVID-19 still, but now there's going to be two more waves of that. And that's okay because that's normal on the planet, every six months, three times if we have a plague. But I'm not so concerned about that. But I am excited about the future and how all this is allowing us to change the reality and the different timelines that we all are part of. So I was also told that we're creating our own perception and that only those people that listen to this type of stuff are interested. But they're not saying we're conspiracy theorists. They know that. They're starting to see the validity, if that makes any sense, with our key words, men in black, UFOs, ETs, Area 51. I guess Roswell, and I didn't put that as a key word, Janet. Is my time up? I'll concede. Madam Speaker or Chairman or whatever you are. 30 seconds. Uh, that's pretty good. All right, so how to perceive the future, seconds. how to separate our perception from our truth and reality. So I put three women of mystery on mine. Uh, women of mystery, UFO, UAP, Series 1, Episode 4, Janet, Karen, and Teresa is the name of my show tonight, if anybody follows us, which I know they do. All right, thank you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> okay, next person. Take it away, Karen. Okay. That was great, DJ. That was very, very good. And um, I'm going to add to that a little bit because there are, in in Texas and Florida, are real hot spots right now. A wave that's come back around with COVID-19. And uh, I was talking to some medical people this morning at one of the best hospitals in Dallas, talking to a couple of doctors, and uh, they were telling me about it. And uh, they said that it's so important that people wear their mask and people wear their their gloves, you know, to keep this from coming bigger and bigger and bigger. And I said, yeah, I know. We, we, we talked about all that. In some of the hospitals here in Dallas, it's even difficult to enter into the hospitals because of the valet is so congested. They can't. They have to break through the people to get into the doors to get into the building. And so that's a big thing. And the hospitals and the administrators or the business people who govern them don't know really what to do about that. So um, I got a vision that, uh, and I think it's going to become really big in in our country, is that there's going to be a lot of real estate change with the hospitals. A lot of the uh, the doctor's offices are going to come away from these buildings that are tied to the hospital because this could happen again. Anything could happen, and they're going to build uh, one-floor offices that are kind of like in a piazza or a little circle or lines or whatever. And this is going to be coming up for our future. I I received that information. And then I found out later that a couple of people are already doing it. And so I'm getting a lot of information about things that might be added to heal the the virus. 
<clears throat> excuse me, my allergies are terrible. Uh, but one would be a steroid. And another one could be, I know it sounds like I'm talking about what's already been taught, but this is different. And azithromycin won't be part of it. They call that ZPAC. Uh, but it's another form that's blended. It's like three substances. But there is a steroid because it takes down the inflammation. So uh, I just that's all I got. I can't get any more pharmaceutical about it. But... Um, I got that information. And so all of these changes and transitions that are happening are happening to for people to start asking questions about their life, their future. Everybody's already going over their inventory and about how they came into this play and what's their creation and how they made themselves and what they want to do. And then in order to gain more knowledge, we all find that we're back in school again. I know I am. I have to stay up most of the night studying or doing computer or working on this stuff like I was back in college again. And I'm sure everybody, a lot of the light workers are doing that, and I know TJ and Janet are in many forms. And so uh, a lot of we we need to remember the people who are we came here to do this. We were born at this time. This is when the bugles blow, and we are here to to try to reach out and enlighten or help to teach as many people as we can where they can be safe. And I have a ton of people calling me, and I've got a. A lot of students right now, and they're all showing the same things. And they watch They watch us, by the way. They love this show. And they're really supporting Aquarian Radio. And uh, they're seeing the numbers, like 11, 11, 22, uh, 22, um, something that comes out to be a 1, and all of the master numbers, all of the numbers. And something is telling each one of them, that there's something going on, and it reaches their solar plexus, and they feel uh, they feel that they're communicated with by a higher being, and they get real excited, and it helps them to. I say, well, this is coming from you. You're letting it happen. You're opening yourself to receive, and so more will continue, and more continues. And um, I have a student who has a dog company. She's great. Her company's name, she would, she would love for me to tell it, Fido Fundamentals. She's a master in dealing with dogs. She's Fundamentals. great. Fundamentals. Okay. And, There's, oh, you're out of I'm time. Okay. okay. There we go. It's my turn. Okay. Cool. Okay. Five minutes, so, Janet. Let me start the timer. Of course. Yeah, so, five minutes. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to address your antibi- the antibiotic situation, I mean the antibody situation with the COVID. So apparently it only lasts 10 days. So everybody's all freaked out about if they get a, um, what do you call it, a vaccine, that that's going to be the cure-all. But apparently this, this system is really challenging humanity to rise up and, and think outside of the box and really figure out what's going on here. I know there's some genetic research and, there's all kinds of accusations that it was uh, genetically created in the lab and it was purposely released. And so, you know, we've got everybody on the planet uh, experiencing a mass exodus and a lot of the people that they love. And, um, yes, and, and I've heard that you said you heard it was three waves. I heard 
that there could be nine innings. And if you look at it historically, um, the one in the, in the 1918, that lasted four years, I believe. And if you can go back before ancient times, there was a uh, plague that went around for 400 years. So I guess it uh, depends. And I don't know if we can uh, reach herd immunity if it keeps if the antibodies don't last. The, the theory is that we get herd immunity when everybody has the antibodies, but if they don't last. And so we've got a real dilemma here for our population, and it is calling the population, and we are getting, um, you know, and it's not like exclusively to old people. But So the, the morality of it is, though, is if you get it and you go out, you are easily infected and you infect. And when you infect, people die. So... I, I agree with you, Karen. We need to wear masks because that's the morally right thing to do. Uh, even in 1918, they met people getting off the uh, train with masks. And there's, uh, I think, 20 states that are making it illegal to walk around without masks. So it's getting so severe because the second round, it's like the, it was kind of gradually increasing. But if you look at a, a, a chart, it just shows spikes way up. So it's going to be the point where, yeah, you can't go out without a mask or they're going to do something. I don't know what the penalty is for no mask, but here in Hawaii, they've been rounding up people that have gotten on the island of Maui, and they they um, arrest them, and they, they put them back on a plane or they put them in jail. So we're living in a strange world, and I get a lot of feedback. I'm not sure what's going on here. Let me try this. There we go. Turn that down. Okay. And I think I have to turn off the air. Okay. So anyway, uh, I wanted to focus on the Roswell and the gray aliens because that seems to be our Rosetta Stone, the critical issue, and that's where this whole thing started. If we're going to have any revelations, we need to go to the source and what was going on. Now, I know I'm going to put a question out to you two, and I'd like to – there's a bunch of questions I put up on AquarianRadio.com, but it would be nice if we would just uh, kind of hone in our thoughts and maybe answer some questions. So my question for you two is, what do you think happened at Roswell in July of 1997, 1947-47? And I know, TGA, that you have some insider information, and I hope that you get more comfortable as we do this show and you start revealing what you know about your memories. You have things on a soul level, memories, and you have things on a um, past-like memory thing and on a current working for the government type memory. So I hope that you get more comfortable and reveal things. Oh, and I do want to put here, I am a never-Trumper. And I don't want any Trumps. I hope they go away, go to Mars, and establish a colony there. Because I think we need uh, less racist people. Because this whole problem with the race, um, uh, what do you call it, systemic racism, we need to eliminate that and stop coming from that. Because, you know, we have the browning of America, and most of us have brown children and grandchildren great-grandchildren. So I'm going to pass it back to TJ, but my question is, what do you think happened at Roswell in July of 47? So. Okay. Can you hear me okay? 
Am I on mute? Yes. Am I on okay, mute? So I'm getting some feedback. Yeah. No, you're. You're. We can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, I'll turn down my. Oh my, my mic is as low as it'll go. It won't roll down any farther. So, uh, well, okay, in Roswell. Okay, we'll use the word Roswell because uh, my first acknowledgement of even the word. I lived in Roswell, Georgia for a while, but that was as close to Roswell as I knew. But uh, when I was living there, that's when they started talking about Roswell, the other Roswell. And I'd go, well, what do you mean the other Roswell? But I didn't realize I was into all of this Roswell stuff. So I didn't go to Roswell till after I'd lived in Roswell, Georgia, which is interesting in itself. But the word Roswell uh, was the word they were using for me was the Jesse Marcel story because that's what I knew it about. So in the beginning when I was uh, very young and I'd gotten my clearances through NASA uh, with my husband and uh, then Stephen Lee Parrish was uh, – I didn't know we were talking about Roswell and ETs. I, I just knew we, I thought we were talking about space people and Sputnik among the astronauts. And my husband then was Stephen Lee Parrish, and he's passed. And then later on, you'll hear about different husbands that worked in the government, and they've all passed. So I don't have any living husbands, uh, but I did did manage to get divorced in between. Just so you guys, know. <laughs> I'm not a big bigamist. <laughs> But that's another reason my story gets all complicated is uh, different times, different men, different government relations. But uh, on the, in the beginning, I was picked up uh, by Navy in a Navy van and escorted out to California uh, and uh, uh, Balboa, and it was a hospital corpsman on the front. But I realized because I was investigative by nature and I was in law enforcement and all that later, all of it combined. So it was sort of neat that by the time I got back from there, I went to jet, uh, they took me in a van uh, from Dallas to where uh, Karen, uh, I went from Houston to Dallas in a snowstorm. I got to Dallas and I was freezing. From, and then a snowstorm to uh, San Diego, and I saw UFO ETs there in space or up up overhead, and I was trying to take pictures because I was had my uh, Pentax. I remember it was a Pentax, and everybody was telling me to get a Canon, but I was already trained on my Pentax. And I guess folks, you know, but anyway, I was trying to do UFOs there. And then they took me down back across country from uh, there, San Diego, back all the way across I-10, to down to Louisiana, I was like, well, I was born in Louisiana, and then I, they they wouldn't tell me, folks. This was all MIB kind of stuff, but I remember it was Navy, and the guy wore jeans and the blue shirt and the little cap, you know, white. So people say, how do you know it was Navy? It's like, well, I was on the base, okay, and you know, I, I know that the guy that my social and all that was recorded at Balboa Hospital. In the uh, and they looked up the Social Security and all this, so I'd been. Uh, it was really strange. I, they were telling me I was in the military, and I was like, how can I be in the military? I live in Houston with my husband and my children. I'm like, but apparently I had a double life that I didn't know about, so I don't know how to deal with that. But coming back across, they took me down, or the gentleman took me down um, to uh, Jesse Marcel's house in Louisiana, and I don't know the year. I've been trying to figure this out because it wasn't important back then. It was just me living my life, so I didn't take notes. But they wanted me uh, – they don't tell me all this time, these people that take me uh, 
on these excursions <laughs> taken, but they took me down to talk to him, and when I walked in, it was at midnight. I do remember uh, distinctly that the men in black, uh, which there were other men in black, seriously, back then, uh, that were waiting on us to arrive in the van, and I get out of the back of the van, and uh, it wasn't with, it was anyway, I can get in all the details later if we ever get a book written, but I get out of the van and go in the house, and uh there was a man that apparently I was supposed to meet, which was Jesse Marcel, the old man. I, I, he was in a wife beater. Uh, I, I don't know if that means anything, but that's what I, my brain remembers, sitting at a kitchen table. And uh, everybody was asleep, but he was expecting us. But he said I'd miss Stanton Friedman. He asked me one of the first questions if I knew Stanton Friedman. So apparently, whatever year it was, he said I'd just miss Stanton Friedman. So this is uh, – really strange because that name stuck in my head but uh i got to talk to him about okay, uh, well, i was we'll told to just come back to that we'll have to come back okay well that's a good spot we'll to, to start to i'm time. in the kitchen stanton okay Friedman. stanton and, Re- and jesse gonna, marcel so make okay. a note for yourself i can't okay, i don't cool. have any pens karen, your turn but i i will all right well karen go ahead your turn okay karen <laughs> So I'm going to follow up on that a little bit because we're with the Roswell thing. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. When my husband and I went, uh, before we went to Roswell, I think we went around 2006, we just were we were driving around in Dallas, and that's when we lost time. <coughs> and all of a sudden he realized we were on uh, on hi- the highway to Houston. And he said, "Have you?" He said, "Have you?" He said, "What time is it?" And that we we had lost three hours of time basically. And he said, "We are on the way to Houston." And I said, "What happened?" And he said, "Well, I don't know." I said, "It looks like we've lost time." He said, "Yeah, we have." And so we didn't think anything about it. We've had this happen before. We turned around from uh, what is it six. I don't know, the one to Houston, 45, turned around and came back. We were almost to Ennis and turned around and came back and just kind of forgot about it or just kind of let it go. And then about a week later, he said, why don't we go to New Mexico? And I said, sure, any place in particular? He said, Roswell. He said, do you feel like going to Roswell? And I said, sure, let's go. And I said, what do, you, what do you want to see? He said, well, let's go check it out. Let's go see what's out there. And it was almost like we were both being drawn to go there. And we went there, and we didn't really know where to go. We visited the museum. This was back a long time ago. And walked around and uh, tried to figure out where it might have been and walked a ways out into the desert. And, of course, it was much further than that, but we were drawn there. And nothing really much happened, but we felt a force that had had us to go out to that area. And so he wanted us to sit out there in the car for a couple hours to see what we could get. And I I felt a lot of energy. Now, I know mine isn't anything like what yours is, DJ, but we were drawn out there. And there may have been things happening that we didn't even know were happening. But uh, it was interesting to me that it came so close 
to the fact that we had lost the time. And then a couple of weeks later, he suggested we go to, to Roswell, New Mexico. And so we have all, it was always big for him. And, uh, in fact, he, he crossed over in his Roswell T-shirt. It was huge to him. And he was big. He was a military. He said he always said he had a military mind. So, anyway, that's my share on it. I don't have any further to go than that. Other that I feel a real closeness to what happened there, and I can remember well, you can, being. You can talk about ahead. anything. You have another minute. You can talk about anything. You have another minute and a half. Uh, another minute and a half. Um, I yeah, just think sure. it's important that people start to. But there's much more beyond here that we are forever. We don't die. And so it's all in how we look and understand the knowledge while we're here on the earth plane in school as to how much we take with us and what we can do when we leave this physical plane because we're still going to be alive. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about death or advocating that everybody's going to die but I think it's the transition itself is for people to really start looking at everything I know I have been and everybody I know so that's all I can say in a minute is my time up no you still can just yield (laughs) okay well we'll just say it's up I'll give it to you okay (laughs) okay okay let me let me cancel that and I'll start okay so it's on I'm Janet so um, our topic right at this moment is Roswell. So I was working at Penn State University, and back in those days, the only people that had the Internet were the military um, and the universities. And so this was in 1989, I moved to State College. So I'd say it was about 1990. And I was so excited that the Internet existed, and I started exploring these UFO-L lists, and then at that time, um, it was just people like Robert Lazar, and then there comes the Roswell story, and so that was I was very intrigued by it. I have I don't have the experience experience with it like TJ does, and um, I've never been to New, to New Mexico. I've always been in either Pennsylvania. Um, well, I've been to New Mexico, but I've never went to Roswell. I should say that. So anyway. But I, I feel very connected to the gray aliens. And so what I put on this web page is, you know, who are these aliens? So I wanted to, when the, in the next round, especially TJ, um, do you have any knowledge of what they look like? Because on the Korean radio page, we have a bunch of different uh, types of gray aliens. And I don't know if the, if the Roswell Crash people were grays. I wanted to talk to address this with TJ about it wasn't a crash. They were delivered. They were uh, intention. They were the intention was to reverse engineer it to have humans reverse engineer so we could catch up with the rest of the world. And then on the uh, page, if you go to AquariumRadio.com, I've got pictures of the Roswell crash, but I have these alien interviews with. Errol the Gray, and Errol was the extraterrestrial was taken underground and interviewed, and then there's a, a, a an Area 51 Gray alien that looks a little bit more sinister, <laughs> and there's a series of 
recordings which actually has this alien talking. And I wanted uh, TJ and Karen to go through that and examine that information. I guess they didn't have time or something. So I'm interested in this uh, subject to this level because there's some really important information about the nature of existence, where we come from, you know, how we got to be on this planet, uh, that this is a prison planet. Could somebody please mute because I'm getting a lot of feedback. Maybe if you guys mute when we're not talking, we'll get less feedback. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay. Um, but the nature of the universe, how we how we got here, how life got on the earth, um, how we get our our biological entities, uh, our creatures, our, our plants and animals. And so I have a past life memory of being a terraformer. One time I got a hypnotic, hypno, hypnotic regression, and they said, go back to your first incarnation. And I thought I would go back to, um, you know, past life where I had bare feet. But when I was directed to go back to my first time on the planet, I found myself in a, a kind of an environmental suit with boots on. So what came out of me was shocking. As I ex- expressed that I had been a terraformer and I was investigating, uh, or I was, this, this was part of my project, was like my art project with a group of people. And we were trying to figure out what life forms what um, what beings will we have that will be able to host sentient life, meaning a, a creatures that uh, reincarnate and have what we call lifetimes. So that correlates with the information from Errol the Gray to a degree where she talks about they have uh, companies that create life forms. And in this Errol the Gray information, she said that a decision was made so that they, um, the creatures would have, would, they would eat each other because, uh, I'm trying to find that. I'll, I'll find that for the next time. Um, that they developed this technology so that beings could eat each other so they wouldn't have to continually provide creatures and they could reproduce. So I'm going to yield with that and back to TJ. Go ahead, TJ. Okay. Stop. I was on mute. Okay, you can hear me now. Okay. So I am muting in yeah. between. Yes. So I know there's nothing coming from my side. Okay, now girl. this is you, – you asked me to uh, tell certain stories, but I, I feel like I need to stay on this track for people to listen back how my brain's working because uh, yeah, if I just give them the details – yeah, the details you want, then it's sort of anticlimactic. But uh, I need to go back to where I was uh, in on this history uh, line uh, because that's where my brain story. I, I, I'm, I see visions, folks. So I'm telling the story from the video playing in my head. So I'm in this house. I've come in the front door at midnight. Uh, it was all prearranged. There was several men in blackout. The front. It was sort of strange. There was a lot, but there was at least three to five on, uh, like they were waiting on it. So it was two sets. I would say they were always in teams of two, but one night I saw them by one. 
they'd come at midnight by themselves. But anyway, uh, so I'd gone in. I'm at the kitchen table. There sits Jesse Marcel. I think he was smoking. I don't know if it's just my brain. I can't. I don't know all the details. But anyway, sitting there. And he wasn't surprised, but he did ask who this was because he asked the men. Because here I am, a young woman. But they he told uh, they told him that I had uh, uh, worked with. But th- for a few minutes, I remember there was an argument whether or not I was going to talk to him or not. So uh, I don't know how they made it work, but they did. Uh, uh, it's hard to explain. I mean, here you are bringing men that he doesn't know who they are and. She, he had been working with Stanton Friedman, so he was only – I think Stanton only wanted him to give him this story or something. Anyway, it was something about the story that was coming out and who had probably – we didn't say intellectual property back then, but who had the right to know or need to know, and he was prior Air Force, I think. But I didn't know why I was there anymore than he did, so I wasn't emotionally involved with whatever I was there for. But anyway uh, – one of the they didn't really necessarily want him to know why I was there, but later on in life I figured it out because I before I went in the men that uh, from the Navy van when I got out and the young guy he was just the escort Bobby, but uh, when I went uh, in the men had said just see if you can find out where he's put uh, uh, a part of a. a I don't even remember how they said it, but they didn't tell me. They just uh, – I had experienced folks working for them through uh, – back in the NASA days with uh, – before this, I was still a young kid, but uh, working with people to find things out with ESP, so to speak. It was like an intuitive uh, – Back in that time, the Russians were ahead of us after Sputnik, and they were working on psychic levels. So I had an ability that they liked, and they had wanted me to find out. I remember him telling me that they they think that I buried it in a coffee can in the backyard, and I was like, okay, what what was? It? But uh, I was trying to. Read him like you do, I don't know, I think it's like that girl in the Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry stories, where she's an intuitive, but she she feels you, so it's more empathic. But I was trying to just make sure he was telling the truth for them. I was like a human lie detector, but an empath at the same time. But I got the fact that he still had something, but he wanted me to believe that story, that it was buried in his backyard so after all these years i figured out later you know after i left because i was used in this way to find out about the space roswell piece of the equipment that came off because one of our spacecraft had imploded so this is the part that janet wants me to tell tonight uh with her story that she's written up is the fact uh, we're gonna have to do this like star wars or something or stars whatever they call it star something but where a uh, goat star trek or something but where you go back in time and then you come back forward all that so uh it was basically janet wants me to tell the story of my uh human knowledge of later on in life when i worked with my third husband thomas r morris is with reagan had seen a ufo and wanted another truth so i find out later in life i'm old you know in my late 46 40s in my 40s i get assigned back with the navy later on life 30 20 or 30 years later uh 
because I would I was groomed as an ESP person or a SI person or NASA person or CIA person. I don't know what I was, but uh, from I came in May tenth sixty seven. So it was after that, and it's before I met J. Allen Hynek. All right. Okay. I'm getting all lost. We're gonna, all right, okay. but I'll stop on J. Allen Hynek. Okay, that's okay. Back. <laughs> okay, back to Karen. Back to Karen. Okay. Karen, you're five minutes. Well, I think, mm-hmm. okay, I think that we keep talking about all this because I think that we're being connected right now, actually. What I'm feeling, because I do like you do, TJ, I receive a film, and then I have to translate it into words. And But I'm watching a film while you're talking, while everybody's talking, uh, and then uh, I finish it, and that's how I do my teaching, too. And that's what an empath is. But I feel like that that this uh, disclosure is going to happen soon. I feel like that they're really here, and it's they're, that they're thinking of ways to gently come in and to mix with all of this. I think we're talking about Roswell, or we're talking about these people, because uh, you know Stanton Friedman passed, crossed over, and he's probably one of the helpers to help. Uh, with all of these awakenings, among many others, look at John Mack, uh, look at others, look at uh, Roger Lear, Dr. Lear, uh, and many others who have gone on before and uh, are, have a wonderful being in a relationship in the good place. So uh, I just feel like that it's so important right now because every day is a different thing. And we we don't really know what's going to happen from one day to the next, and we have to live in the now. It's very important to live in the now, but also talk uh, up to our friends to help others. Now, this is crazy. All these sounds never go off. So this is an example of what they may be trying to reach us. They don't realize we're trying to do a, a good show. So uh, this is proof. And when I'm talking to you girls, uh, every time we do this, all these being these dings and these bells go off. Have you noticed that? It's not yeah. usually like that. Yeah. Because see, that's part of the energy. That's what we're doing. And they're, they're cut, that's their way of applauding. Saying, okay, you girls, keep on going, you know. <laughs> so that's really all I have to say right now. I think their energy's kind of wiped me out with those bells. So you guys can kind of <laughs> slow down. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. So let me reset. Sorry the clock. about all that. Okay. That's okay. We, you can always pass when you don't have anything to say. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in what was going on with your story. So let me let me see what I. There's something I wanted to ask you about. So you went down and you were met at midnight, and then uh, you were talking to uh, Jesse Marcel Sr. I guess that was the one that actually saw, that was the one that was in that famous picture where he was holding the debris. Or was it, there's actually Jesse Marcel the third. He was holding fake debris. I guess they passed it down. Okay, so yeah, he was told to hold fake debris. So that he was, was fake holding debris. fake debris, right? The fake debris. Right. Okay, so that then wasn't the were real you talking stuff. to Jesse Marcel, senior or junior or the third? Which one uh, the original to? one. He was old man when I met him, 
and I was young. So uh, right. Jesse Marcel, I talked to all of them. For some reason, I don't know if it's the ETs or the government or themselves, but uh, all of them are in my life. I've talked uh, for some reason. Maybe the dad yeah, they told were, the they son. Were doing the circuit. The cir- well, no, like I mean the I dad started told- going to UFO conferences. Huh. I'm saying they all oh, three okay. of them had been on the UFO circuit. Um, yeah, I was just uh, I was asking a couple questions, but yes, all three okay, had ahead. been on the UFO circuit. But when one died, the next one stepped in, and so then Jesse Marcel Jr. did the UFO circuit for a number of years. But Jesse Marcel Sr. was, of course, our parents' generation, which is the World War II generation, right? Yeah. And then Jesse Marcel Jr. was probably closer to, I don't know when, I'll have to look up when he was born and when he died. But well, he was skinny. He and he had... Now we're on the third. Go ahead. Well, I talked to all three of them. Does that help? Oh. Which one did you talk to first? Well, the one I'm talking about in the story I'm, I'm trying to tell is the one in the kitchen in Homa, Louisiana, or something, he had a real southern accent because he moved back to, and had, like, my uncle. They had this twang or this southern New Orleans. I mean, it's not New Orleans, Homa. It's a, a Louisiana Cajun. We call it a – anyway, it was the old man. Then I talked uh, – the other one was real good friends with me, and uh, the one in the middle. And then the baby was uh, Denise's brother, uh, the third. Now, Jesse Marcel, third, he, uh, remember he wanted me and him, we were going to meet in Las Vegas, Janet, when we were doing that Smithsonian right. something. We were doing uh, with Ace Folklife. We were taking the Kentucky stories, but we had the MUFON stuff going on. So that was number third. And he, uh, we were talking about meeting at an event, one of the MUFON or Las Vegas events. So uh, we talked about that and asked him if he could get that done through Alibaba, that uh, little piece he was going to do so people could have it, the, a little piece with uh, uh, purple etchings on it, because I wanted to see it. But he said, yeah. But I haven't seen it since. We stopped okay. talking. I tell you, everybody shut me Wait. down. But go ahead. Back to you, Janet. Well, I, I just wanted to – yeah, it was my, my term. So anyway, I was just saying that he was born in thirty six. And died in 2013. So that was the junior. And I forget what question I was going to ask you. There was a, there was a point I was getting to. I was trying to get back in your story. You want to, to know which one I'd met was the question. You want to know no, which one it no, was I, I'm talking I had, about. I had another question. I had another question after that. I had one, another question after that, and I forgot. Well, start you over. Second question. Start you over. Okay, let me, let me uh, see if I can get a hold of what I was trying to say. Hold on. Um, okay, so... Oh, so after that meeting, so you you thought that was a very important meeting. Let me get to, let me go into this a little bit more. Uh, and you don't know why they had you meet with Jesse Marcel Senior. Um, but is that because except to find your, out? Okay, because you're psychic, you're psychic, and you were supposed to read yeah. him like uh, like Deanna Troy on Star Trek to see if he was lying or not. But yes. he had something. Yes. Oh, that's what it was. He had something he hid in his backyard, so they probably want to go to the backyard. So was it the backyard in hey, um, back in Roswell, or was it where he's living now, which he's now dead? Can I tell you? So where can I tell you what? You met him. Go ahead. All right. Can I tell you what he knew I was doing? He had an insight. 
after, remember there was sort of an argument as to whether he was going to talk to me. I, I remember we were all going to leave, and then he called us back. You know, I walked from the kitchen table to the living room. So there was a lot going on then. You know, if you were watching it on the television, but, but he decided he was going to talk to me. But he talked to me like an intuitive per, empath person in my mind, and he talked to me like a human with a voice. So he knew how to do what he mm-hmm. teased do. So he, or I don't know how to say that because not everybody can do it. But it's like you look at a person with your eyes and you talk with your voice. But he told me in my mind that they think it's buried in the backyard in a can. But uh, and he finally said it out loud. But he he didn't believe that. So he had something, but he wouldn't tell him because there were little pieces that were imploded that different people picked up. But I, to me, he Wait. was going to leave it to his family. Which I don't understand. Okay, but so wait. Let he, me let me let me address this. So you're saying that Jesse Marcel Senior was able to communicate telepathically like the gray aliens. Yeah. And did you get any insight into how he learned how to do that? Because you knew how to do it because you had been interacting with aliens, and I know how to do it because I've interacted with aliens, and and, and so I, I. I have received telepathic and you did. Well, that's how Karen so that, got involved that with might me. Mean Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that might mean that, that Jesse means certain Marcel people can do it. Wasn't just well as we're well, all he was talking interacting about with this. aliens. Wait, let me finish your sentence. It's my turn. Jesse Marcel was interacting with aliens, so he wasn't just something happened that he interacted with aliens. Do you have any insight, yeah. TJ, into how? What's the insight from your perspective? How Jesse uh, learned how to communicate telepathically? Well, I can suggest that we all can do it. It's just uh, if we have an inner knowing that we're not in fear of. Greed and fear knocks out your internal organ that you have, like a pituitary or something in your brain, your pineal. But we're all all intuitive and empathic, so we're getting into vibrations and sounds and emotions. But he, uh, I think because he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared. He had that... uh, that curiosity. He wasn't afraid of what? Uh, ETs. He wasn't afraid of what? What would he be afraid of? He wouldn't he be the little Chinese, so the little Japanese, them. the little gray people. They're they're little like little they're little people. He wasn't. Uh, he he had an awe. I believe in, personally that he had uh, a curiosity, but he didn't. He was like J. Allen Hynek. He wasn't a believer he, at first. How but did he come to get? How did he come to get to communicate with them? Do you have the insights on what happened that he ended up communicating with them? Oh, uh, let's see if I can find that. Uh, well, I was just standing there in front of him. I was standing, and he was sitting. But he was—it was a feeling, Gene. It is mm-hmm. a, a empathic knowing that you can talk on that level. He just had it. I can't explain it. Some people have it. We all have it is what I say because I like to train mystics. We all have it. Not everyone does it or uses it. We all have the skill to ride a bicycle, but not everybody wants to because they're scared they'll fall over. So he already had the skill to ride it. I'm searching for words. you in in Florida, you're not going to go telepathic with people in town. He he has a connection. No, I stay in my room. And I I don't interact. Okay, but no, most I'm a, I'm a real empath. I don't cannot, interface. They cannot communicate telepathically. 
Most humans, when you walk in town, cannot telepathically communicate. But for some reason, Jesse Marcel knew how to At least with me, kids. I don't know if it's everybody. <laughs> okay, so let me I don't know if it's everybody. Karen. Karen? Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's his turn. It, 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 so it's TJ's yeah, turn. it's my turn. TJ, All right, so you're on. asking me questions during your time, but what it is is you're trying to get this story down. On a, that's okay, folks, on the Korean radio, because mm-hmm. it's like it's so in depth. We need to do this this way. I know it's confusing, but we'll get it because we've been working on this for eight years, Janet and I. So we're closer than we've ever been. But they're so mm-hmm. multi-layered. So I'm in the house, and the reason I can feel him is because he's looking at me. But remember, he wasn't going to talk to me until they told him who I was. That was just his curiosity. So he was letting me know it wasn't anything personal to me because he was a really nice guy but it was the fact that he was prior air force and he wanted to know that they weren't tricking him and going to try to put him in leavenworth so i got it on he wasn't Mm -hmm. saying it but he was saying it sort of to them it was a real it was a multi-layered conversation because he and i were sort of stuck we were like victims of this we were being used by people that were more powerful because he was air force and i was navy so he knew I was Navy because uh, they told him. So he was Air Force, I was Navy, and we were working on the same story, I guess, whatever the story of the men in black is. So they were the ones that controlled the narrative, whoever these people were. So he and I were talking, like in front of them, like you stretch your your ego, and then you drop your ego, and you have to not be scared and in fear and talk to each other. And then there's the intuitive empath way of looking at the body language and the eyes like neuro-linguistic programming. And, you know, CIA uses that, and they teach that. But so does NLP. But I got into all that later. But he was telling me on different levels. So what it was is he got the fact that he was supposed to reveal that he did take some of the pieces from the implosion in Roswell. And they were there to retrieve them. So he was very aware of that. So they were there to retrieve uh, in the 70s what he had taken in the 40s because uh, that's why I was there. But he knew that Stanton Friedman was trying to write a book about it or something. So there was multi-layered. There was his story he wanted to tell. There was the government story. There's the Air Force story, I guess the Navy story, the CIA story, and then the Men in Black story. And so everybody's trying to put the story together like we are here. There's the Janet side, Karen side, and TJ side. And you try to put them all together and make sense of what's real. So uh, that's when we started working at it. But it, it woke my brain up because I still stayed married for another four years. I didn't get divorced, but this the voice would come to me and say, when are you coming you know, the E.T. voice, not hearing voices like I'm psychopath, but this knowingness would say, you've got to come back. So it wasn't until 1980 that I went back out again and uh, worked with extraterrestrials in Rochester, New York, and Denver, Colorado, and all of that. But uh, during that time, I always thought about Jesse, but I didn't meet Stanton Friedman ever. But his name comes back into my life in 2006. And so he sent me books to keep with his name in it. And he and I were talking about books and writing books and talking long distance. And it would run up, would run up like an $85 bill for 45 minutes to an hour for me back then. And I couldn't really afford it. But uh, so I didn't have that 
many after, you know, I got my phone bills. But uh, I figured out that Stanton was an important player in something the government wanted to know and that, that Jesse was. But I didn't put it together and really until I got the call from uh, Strom Thurmond. And Strom Thurmond, I was going to University of Alabama, and he wanted me to come to Washington, D.C. And it was based on uh, – and I don't know the timelines yet, but it had something to do with Philip Corso and UFOs. He asked me, I'll never forget, he asked me what I knew about UFOs or flying saucers. Like, it was a, a, like I talked to him every day. Or like, you know, I was like, what? Because he had called me a couple of times before. So that was one of my security questions on my polygraphs when I went to uh, Tyson Corners in Langley. They wanted to know how I knew Strom Thurmond. I said, I don't know, just through family, I guess, because he was doing genealogy back then and uh, tracked me down. And But then he wanted me to come and yeah, he wanted me to work on... Yeah, your name is Thurmond. Hey, yeah. Hey, listeners, yeah, he was, your, name is, your maiden name is Thurmond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but nobody can help the color of their skin or the name they're born into. That and then, You know, because people... It's 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 part of who I am, but yeah, I was born. Uh, my father's name was Thurmond, and we came from the Ripley Charles Faulkner. My grandfather, great grandfather, started the railroad with Charles Faulkner. It's a real big thing in Ripley, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and then we, uh, they tracked it down. And it's all complicated because we're all related to different people. But yeah, so he uh, there okay. is something to well, me. You're, and, you're out of time, right. so remember that. Okay, I'm out of time. Remember that. Right. We're out of, we're start with Karen. Okay. Your turn, Karen. Okay. Take it away. Well, I don't know what to talk about, really. Uh, Why we all have a funny name, I guess. About, about, about yeah, your, anything. About, about your story, it's really, you know, I agree with Janet. It's fantastic. And it's you. I see a movie the whole time it's being told. Uh, I think there are other stories out there. There's other people, and I have been amazed at how many pings that I've been getting ever since we've been talking tonight. I mean, I couldn't stop them. I tried to get over there, and I couldn't stop them. And so that is, to me, a sign and a symbol that we're not alone. And I am getting that there are some other people who are not from this planet who are accompanying us and very happy with you, T.J., and Janet and the fact that we're doing that, but they really are, like, applauding your story and what you're doing. And so it takes a lot for you to to go out there. I know how you're feeling. I'm reading your feelings as you're doing it, and uh, I think you're doing a brilliant job. I think that all of this is going to help a lot of people come up and to ask a lot of questions, seek, seek more synchronicities. Uh, there is a fear, of a, a, a virus fear, uh, a fear of everything that is passing in the wind. To people who are experiencing change, and there are a lot of people who don't like to make change. And so there's a gentle thing about knowing more information about all of this that can really help people be calm and know that they... Everybody has the ability to go to a certain level of consciousness through meditation. I teach this. This is what I do. 
and I have I'm a recording artist and I do this. I have a recording studio in my home and this is what I do. I work with sound and I teach people how to get to lo- deeper levels of consciousness to where they can start to visualize what they want or what they want to become to an awareness that they are the creator of what they're making happen. And then as they get a return of a symbol or a sign or something, then it makes the power, their individual power, come out even stronger. And I think that this is what you were talking about, that the ETs were in communication with Jesse Marcel. Is that is that right, TJ? Is that the communication with extraterrestrial and altered states of consciousness? Well, if I can answer real quick, I've got these signs that bug me yeah, go that ahead. I got on the wall uh, that nobody can explain, and I I want to know how they can do that because it's not being addressed in any form of people getting these signs on the wall in gold well, light. And I have I have things that happen to me, but I don't know how to express it, and I don't know how to say it. So I think, Jan, uh, well, Karen, that's words. why Preston Nichols and your name came up was because I really well, see, feel like I had, when you came on, you were going to help me learn how to talk. That sounds well, weird, but go I ahead. Back to you. But, but there are no words in a lot of ways, and there are no words at at the third dimension, the third 3D, the earth plane, the words are not evolved enough in sound to do that. So they use sound and they use feeling. It's a total right brain thing. It's not, there aren't words. There There never are. It's an awareness. Because even us, as much as we've experienced this and done this, we have to struggle to find the words to use for the people. So I'm open. You know, ask me anything. Look at what's happened since we've been on the phone with all these pings. This never happens. It really doesn't. And you have to take it, even something that simple, and realize that you had a signal. And we all get them. But in synchronicities, numbers, and people do that. So I hope that helps a little bit. And there's it goes much deeper than that. And sometimes you have to realize that you are getting this and not worry about the words to, to say it, that send it out through your solar plexus region and the force will make it understood. It will provide a, 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 a film to the person you're trying to communicate with through their mind. I'm uh, sorry, I okay, know I'm up. Time. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask her one like, thing. Did that did did that go help ahead, you? Ask her more I, did that help you anything anyway, TJ? My me explaining it. Well, I put a bandaid on it. It put a bandaid on it for right now because I was envisioning those symbols on the wall. The pyramid and the infinity sign and these other thing and and it seemed like you were trying to tell me it was okay that I don't understand yet, but I'm getting that somehow mm-hmm. it'll it'll all work out. I, I just don't oh, want to be. You understand. It won't work out. I think I don't do want to fail at whatever I'm supposed to do. I'm hoping no, so. It you're feels not. a little better. <laughs> but, it feels a little but better. You are understand. You are understanding it. Remember the two little girls. You've got uh-uh. to trust that you do. Yeah, but and when you trust, you do. Oh uh, yeah, that's a YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. It's a YouTube. It's two little two little ETs talking about seen going that to Earth. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen you. that yet. Okay, yeah, it's really cute. And Janet, I sent you some oh, pictures on Skype. Okay, because okay, Skype yeah. is the only way I could so get gonna, through to Janet. I'm gonna, too. I'm gonna start. Right. All right. So start my Janet, turn set okay, your time. Let me go. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm so no. Okay. So at some point, we're gonna weave all three of our stories together because we're all extraterrestrial contactees. So all this time, well, things were happening for TJ, and I, I would like to try to get the time, but we might not know the time, but we kind of can know in what sequence things unfolded. But, you know, I was uh, a contact experiencer since the crib, so is TJ. Uh, we both had experiences uh, under age 10 with extraterrestrials. She had an um, experience where she went to Ros- or went to White Sands, and her... Um, family was involved in the in the government, you know, Thurman, and in the um, with NASA, and uh, your uncle was at White Sands. So, and my family was involved with the Masons, with the Masonic Lodge, and they were. Um, and uh, when I piece together, it's interesting when you weave the stories together. How we know each other, we we actually might know each other from previous generations because um, Sasha and I've been talking, and we realized that. Our um, parents, our grandparents and parents, probably grandparent level, knew each other because they were involved in these uh, establishment of um, uh, the what do you call it? The um, uh, he he did the filmmakers union, and then his my uh, husband's uh, Sasha's family was in the unions, and they were in New York and Pennsylvania, and they they were both in the uh, movie theater business. So, you know, they knew each other. Because they used to travel back and forth and set up the projectors and set up the theater. So we went, my God, your grandfather knew mine. So this is what we're piecing together synchronicity. So TJ and I finally met in 1993. We crossed over for one year uh, when she was in Oahu and I was in Oahu. And I went to Oahu in 93, October. And then she left. I'm not sure when she left, but it was in 94. So we had a brief exchange there. And then we keep finding each other. So we are traveling in the same UFO circles, but our story has uh, has interactions with each other, you know, to this day. So with that in mind, what we're doing these first parts, we're getting TJ's story as it unfolds from her subconscious because there's important things like that, that ability of Jesse Marcel, that didn't come out before. <laughs> this is the first time we're getting... Oh, you were communicating not just with, uh, you know, mouth and, and vocal cords, but telepathically. And there are not very many humans that are aware that they can uh, speak telepathically, nor do they have a control that they can do it all the time. So that is a, an important piece of information. So I'm going to yield the balance of my time when I encourage TJ to try to, when you, when you start getting uh, confused, I will interject and let's try to talk just one person at a time because that makes a loud cacophony of strange noise to our listeners and they can't really make out what we're saying so let's just be aware one person at a time uh if we do ask tj a question uh realize that you're you know yielding that part of your time so with that i'm going to yield my time we have an invisible talking stick and so i'm going to ask TJ to pick up 
tell us more about your interaction with Strom Thurmond, who was, I think he was one of the oldest living, was he a senator? I think he was in the Senate. Very powerful man. I'll look up his uh, specs, but he was a one to be feared. He was like Mitch McConnell of his day. So I'm going to stop and on to you, TJ. You have five minutes. Well, the way his name comes into the story, okay, uh, this is multi-layered. But while I was uh, at the eight, I had met Jesse Marcel Sr. in Louisiana, and the story goes uh, with the Navy, and he was Air Force. But uh, my family story from the name Thurmond back when I was young, I thought I was just Indian on his side, and my mom was. They were from Ireland. They were red-haired ladies from Ireland. So we were, uh, they were potato farmers, but they uh, were school teachers when they came to America. And the uh, Thurman was Thor's protection. So uh, I was really not into genealogy that much, but we became LDSs, Latter-day Saints. My dad, I was uh, a Mormon LDS 72. So I, uh, my dad took us to the temple and I learned then, uh, it wasn't until I went to Washington, D.C., and we stayed somewhere with Senator Strom Thurmond's blessing or something, something to do with a special house where he allowed us to be with him or something. But I don't remember much because I was only in my early 20s, and I had my four little girls already. So it had to be probably 78, I think. So uh, in Washington, D.C., we uh, did some kind of history with him and the girls and were sealed in the temple. Funny you mentioned Masons because the Masons all had something to do with the Mormons, too. So I don't know if Joseph Smith was a Mason or not, but I suspect he was. So there's a deep story with extraterrestrials and Masons and the name Thurmond, Mm -hmm. and uh, Thurber, and Thor's protection, and the gods, and the Masons. So I believe that gods are that architect thing with the Masons has to do with the extraterrestrials. Now, nobody's telling me that, folks. I just am trying to figure out, because I was a Thurmond, and then how all this Latter-day Saint stuff, and the Masons, and all the stuff that, you know, you're not allowed to talk about because it's secret, and I can't tell you because that's the oath you take when you go to the temple. But I can tell you how I feel. An opinion is that it all has something to do with Strom Thurmond and the Thurmans and the ETs and the Thurbers and the Thor's protection. And the uh, Asgard was a real thing and the guardians of the galaxy. That there are levels of uh, family history that knows the truth as their existence. It's not politics and it's not religion. It's not even philosophy. It's on another level of ET acceptance. It has nothing to do with your age, color, creed, religion, any of that, although different groups take on that energy. So all these uh, societies of the mystical order, and I would say even the Rosicrucians, I don't know that for sure because I'm not deep, I'm not a master of any of these world religions. However, what I'm talking about is the metaphysical connection of what maybe Jesse and I experienced with extraterrestrials is it never went away. It's just that we weren't allowed to talk about it. So 
I have a hard time explaining it. So that's how I got on the metaphysical journey. And it seemed like Strom Thurmond knew that because not only that, but the NSA and the CIA and all these different intelligence groups were explained to me at a level of a family, uh, something to do with Missouri and the black blacks like out of Harry Potter the name black but they there was a metaphysical spiritual level that only certain families knew so uh that's the Thurman part of me but it's also became Thurber T-H-U-R-B-E-R over in Europe so uh and what's so funny is when I did that study I found a woman from uh Ireland that was on my mother's side that married into the Thurman family, which was hilarious because she was a saloon keeper. And I, I remember that feeling of ha, 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 because uh, my mother's family were the Boltons. Uh, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have said that because that Bolton book that just came out. <laughs> but my mother was a Bolton. <laughs> Great. Now I'm really going to get the emails. <laughs> Anyway, I'm digging deeper here. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, I'll stop there, but it's getting deep, folks. You're you're out of time. Okay. Now, I just want to add some some background here because I looked up Strong Thurmond, and and then I'll pass it on to Karen. He was was in office from January 20th, 2001 till – oh, wait, that's not it. No, he he was in – No, because he was in the 80s. He was a South Carolina senator. No, 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 wait, senator, stop. He was in the office for 48 years. I'm sorry. That makes um, sense. And he was, he was born in December 5, 1902. He died June 26, 2003. He was 100 years old. He was the longest serving, uh, or longest serving, he was in the Senate. And then what was controversial about him is that he was a supporter of uh, Barry Goldwater, who was opposed to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So he was known to be, you know, uh, in opposition to the the black movement of the day. And so, but what came out was that he, um, well, six months after he died in 2003, his mixed-race 78-year-old daughter named Essie Mae Washington Williams revealed that Strom was her father and her mother was Carrie Butler and had been working at the family's maid. And when Strom was 15 or 16, he impregnated 22-year-old uh, Carrie Butler and had this mixed-race baby. So that was the whole controversy. But then just to follow through on that, it's kind of interesting because we have all this Black Lives Matter stuff. And I, and, and I looked up Strom Thurmond and said that these two football players are trying to get the Strom Thurmond Wellness Center renamed because, uh, you know, they're taking everybody that was racist. So it's, it's an interesting tie. I, I know he's different Great. than you, and you have different views on <laughs> I have a multiracial <laughs> granddaughter. So that they shouldn't take that away from so, our family because yeah. she's, she's having trouble here being bullied because she's multiracial. She's half black and half white, and she's having a terrible life at 13 like I did. It's terrible. I was part Indian, Aww. I thought, but I was terrible. Part, when you're part Indian and part black and part white, they're really mean to you. Then add a name like Thurmond on top of it, and they try to kill you all the time. It's not fun. I know. <laughs> so, so you can get multiracial don't, don't on any level. Her, the person. 
<laughs> and Don't kill the Roswell thing, lady because you know, I'm. When I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying that my parents were very racist when they were young, but by the time they died, when I went back to see them when they were in their last leg, their best friend was a, a was a was a black man, and he was the only one that was taking care of them. He was literally cutting my um, my dad's brother's toenails because he had diabetes, and he was the only one that could do it without hurting him because when you have diabetes, you got to be careful about cutting your toenails. Anyway, so it shows that we can all overcome our past, and we shouldn't be blamed for the past of our our relatives. <laughs> so, but anyway, but that's an interesting aside, and then I wanted to pass it on to Karen. So, Karen. Please talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're just in a random uh, succession of thoughts, and everything well, I you think, think that's the your best. story is important too. I so think it's the best it. to just be relaxed and you know just let what comes out come out, and you know that's how things are going to flow to, through channel anyway. And I guess I was fortunate because I was raised by my mother and my father, who really never were. Racist, even though where I grew up in the small town of Glenrose, we didn't have any black people. But when you know, we did have people who were in our family who uh, had people who were black that were friends of theirs in Austin and things like that. So I was never uh, known to be anything about racism or that there was a difference, which is really good. And plus, after having lived Mm -hmm. in Rio for so many years, most of that, their culture comes from Africa. And that's that part of -hmm. of, uh, Brazil that is. The rest is more from Europe and Spain and especially Argentina, close down Mm -hmm. there in Porto Alegre. But uh, so I, I think that all of the ETs are coming here to help evolve this color thing that's been so, you know, there's enough bullying that goes on as it is at that age for whether you're all white or whether you're black and white or whether you're whatever. And I think that there's so many good things about this disclosure. I do know that it's going to happen soon because all these things are going to happen just within a twinkling of an eye. That's what I've been told. And I think Mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of the racism is going to stop when this happens because the shift will be off of it. You know, the shift will be off of it. And people are are sad, they're sad, they're hurt, and they come out mad. And I think that they need to be allowed to express their hurt and their pain for having been bullied in that way for whatever but it's not going to last very long. It's not going to go on forever. Not That part won't go on. Um, so everything that's happening to us, it's made us all of a sudden live a different life. And everybody's basically in a pod, their own pod of their home or their apartment or whatever. It's supposed to be that way. Number one, uh, we're all more focused on research, truth, study, I know what the three of us are, and there are many more that are, too, are looking to find answers, uh, looking to know how to go to that part of your mind and learn and achieve those abilities of attracting what you want to have or being the identity that you want. 
and you have to, you can't do it if you don't trust in yourself. It will never happen. I know some. I've known people who are a wealth of information metaphysically. They've read everything from theosophy to the world's most famous metaphysicians, uh, everything from Ralph Waldo Emerson to Thoreau to uh, everybody all over the place. And they can call, historically call these times and what they did, what they contributed, but they don't believe in themselves. And so therefore they have to sit back and from the from the mainstream of what they want, because if they don't believe in their self, their electrical field, their electromagnetic field, will not resonate to the strength and the force in order to achieve that or manifest what they want. Because we're all energy. We're all light and energy. And love and emotion drives all that. So, and I, th- I teach that. So... I'm open if anybody wants to ask me any questions. I really don't know what to, how to continue that at this time. Uh, I think it's very important for everybody to be a seeker in, in whatever way they want to do it, with whom they choose to study with uh, or be led by or help in some way or believe because these are those times of great transition. More than, And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, but they don't ever go, like when you watch the news and you watch the things happen, they're going in circles over and over again. Nobody ever brings up anything we've talked about tonight. And then maybe somebody might start asking questions. But the majority of people who don't know this have never been exposed to this, and they think it's weird and crazy and you're weird and different. And it's really difficult for me to put myself out there being tied up in the medical field. It's been hard. I'm doing it more now than I've ever done, but (laughs) it hasn't been easy. (laughs) Okay, we're at the end of your time. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it to TJ, whatever you want to talk about. All right. Well, not only am I Thurmond and Bolton, but my family uh, were Jews, and my mother's book, uh, you can look it up, is Good Old Days in Louisiana by Tess Thomas on Lulu. But she'll tell you how she grew up during the Hitler time when her uh, she was from her her grandpa was from Poland, so I guess on her side, you know, were Polish Jews. So everybody can look at who they are. But you better do your history because my daughter came to Hawaii skinhead and boots on as a white supremacist kind of chick. And my mo- I told my mother she better talk to her because mother was Jewish. And they, didn't, they weren't allowed to say they were Jewish when they came over here apparently because my grandma uh, was a school teacher in Missouri and she taught Indians. But she married a Polish Jew, a man from Poland, and his name was Richmond, R-I-C-H-M-A-N. And so uh, our family is really interesting. But to answer the black part of me and Thurmond and growing up in Monroe, Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana, um, the black lady that raised me in our house was Alice Taylor. And she lived on, uh, was it Taylor Street, I think, in West Monroe. But her her son that tried to get her to move to Chicago and all that, uh, I'm just going to say that because 
I loved her. Mama paid for her to come to Houston, but she wouldn't stay with us over there because she had like nine kids of her own still she had to raise. And she didn't get that much money, but that was the times during then. But the black people, when I was uh, moved back to Houston in the 80s, Mr. Singletary and uh, some other people, I don't know how old, but they were telling me about a guy that was in Chicago and from, had Hawaii, and uh, Trump said he came from nowhere, but it turned out to be Barack Obama. But I was hearing about this mixed-race guy, and now my my grandchildren are multiracial, and we've just got to get used to the fact that we're all multiracial. And when my daughter just died, and she was brown-skinned, and my grandson is really brown-skinned. He looks like he's from Hawaii, and he claims Indian. But uh, And then my granddaughter half is multiracial. So we're mixed, even though they don't like the name Thurmond, and they chastise me, but I can't help that's my name, my own grandchildren, because of the way they've been bullied. But when, when my daughter died, she was other. So even though we're O positive, when they break down our blood, they, have, they can find that we have extraterrestrial origin in our blood. And that's something that when Janet came on, now my stuff's going off and it never goes off. So why is that going <laughs> they're, they're, they're applauding you. They're that's applauding. odd. But, yeah, I'm going to have to take my hits. But the black people uh, were, you know, we're all multiracial. And, and if you look at your blood at the level where integrative medicine is doing the search, and even though she was, they couldn't help, help her, they, she still had an ET part of her in her blood they couldn't get rid of one piece so there's a lot i don't know and you don't know how much guilt i have being in the metaphysical world and integrative medicine studies and wanting to help people and i couldn't save my own daughter even though i had extraterrestrial blood in me so i believe we all have levels of this extraterrestrial in us and that there's going to be reasons we come to this planet and it's my understanding that we should seek wisdom and understanding about how to all get along on the planet because that's what we do in space and we're like ants you know and that's one thing i've learned they have pity on us a lot of these higher beings and i noticed that sasha just did something on youtube and i looked at it, but i couldn't stay with it very long because i had other things I had to do but he's big on the Anunnaki story that he helped uh, pick up after Zachariah Sitchin, and he didn't do the uh, uh, translations, but he did study what uh, Zachariah and I guess other people study, and they were really huge. And on one of my trips off planet, which sounds crazy, but uh, and I don't know how we're going to do this with Janet and Karen, but I, we've got to separate the. the History lines, the storylines that we're making it real in this reality is taking our stories that we've lived and put it in a time frame that can come across as words on the radio. And uh, one of the trips, I saw these, this big, huge being, and she looked like a tall Chinese lady. She must have been 15 to 20 feet tall on this spacecraft, and there were others like her. It was mixed little people like us, six feet or below sitting next to the beings that were 15 to 20 feet, and their seats would adjust accordingly in this spacecraft. So uh, they're still out there, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'll mm -hmm. yield my... Oh, that five minutes went by fast. <laughs> that was oh me, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Now, is it, is, it, is, it, is it my turn or Karen's turn? I'm, I'm it's, yours. I think it's yours. It's yours now. My turn. Okay. Okay, so let me go. Um, so... I've seen the really tall beings 
I don't think I saw the ones as tall as you. I remember being a really tall being. I want to say I was at least eight, nine feet tall. Um, I kind of looked like a, I was humanoid. That's the best way I could put it, but I wasn't human. And that was the time I remember coming here, checking on the terraforming project for the Earth and trying to figure out what kind of, uh, you know, we all we had was a lot of ferns, so we were trying to diversify what to introduce here. And I, I subsequently met someone that had been on that mission with me when I was at Penn State University. Um, I met someone, and they said, and they had memories of this uh, coming to do do the terraforming. And then I read the Michael Newton Institute, um, Dr. Michael Newton's information on life between lives um, regressions. And they revealed, a lot of people revealed in their regressions that they had been part of these terraforming projects. So my theory is that we simultaneously exist on many levels and we have many incarnations. And so I think we need to kind of start getting over it and getting over our differences and start looking at our commonalities and how we are all uh, spirits and, and beings on some level that are choosing to come down into these avatars and uh, share these lives on the earth. And I think that might be part of what the mission is, is to learn how to get along. And then we can evolve and progress and become a level one or higher uh, conscious civilized civilization that can, you know, start traveling and be a space-faring race. Getting some feedback. Yeah, TJ, could you try muting? That might help. Um, I've got them, too. Something's making okay. this. Okay. I've got them, too. Better. So I'm... Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, in, in my uh, dream world and uh, past lives, I was a full, fully activated extraterrestrial, you know, traveling in space and time. And I think, TJ, the reason why you were kind of targeted whenever you went anywhere, way back even to when you were a child and eight years old, is that you are um, extraterrestrial DNA plus uh, your soul essence is not just from the earth plane origin, because that's what I got when I finally, um, excuse me, piece the puzzle together when I was in Johnson Atoll in 1990, from 1995 to 97. And I had always wanted to know what was going on. Even before when I was living with my second husband in state college, I kept saying, please, uh, you know, give me some signs. And one night I asked for them I knew I was being uh, taken and having experiences at night. And by the time I got up in the morning, they were suppressed or I had little bits and pieces. There was no one I could talk to because they would have stuck me in a mental institution. Uh, but um, I finally uh, one day got an answer, and I woke up with these deep scratches on my back. And so I was getting these markings on my back. So be careful what you ask for. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, they they were they were giving me uh, proof and the physical markings and then uh, the one was uh, observed by my husband who was a total uh, atheist agnostic uh, he was a non-believer on any level including um, religion and so he was like what is going on what's why do you have these markings on your back so um, when I went to Johnson Atoll I finally got to see the extraterrestrials and they showed me 
large groups of them, not just uh, one at a time. But I think uh, going back to what TJ said is that you're going to see them when you're able to see them. If if you're going to drop over dead, they're not going to let you see them because we're too important for them. Um, they've invested too much in us, and they protect us. They really honor us. Um, some people cannot take, you know, looking uh, one-on-one at an extraterrestrial. And, and so the stories like from Montauk, they said that, you know, the guards would drop over dead when they saw, like, a reptilian walking down the hall with a human. So they had to somehow get their uh, people used to seeing extraterrestrials without without literally dropping over dead. So I've done a lot of training. I don't know much of Karen's story. Maybe you want to share. It's your turn next. Who are you, Karen? What are your ET contacts? And that's going to pass. Talk okay. to Karen. Well, um, my training, uh, I went to a Methodist university, Texas Wesleyan University, uh, and then I went on to school after that in California with my clinical hypnotherapy, and then I went out to, and they're having fun with all these chimes, aren't they? And, yeah, keep going. Uh, that was my all timer. Over. But that's okay, but it's they're, it's being manifested by others, I think. Uh, so... Also, too, and I went to Canada and studied this family of origin thing for months. And and then after that, but all through this, I have been, felt like I was guided by a curiosity of space and ET. In fact, I had somebody call me. Now, I have no idea if this was a prank call or anything. It sounded very strange. Uh, just a couple of two or three weeks ago on my base phone, and they said, uh, this is this is somebody. It was a man. He said, uh, "This is NASA. Can you please call this number?" And that was strange. I never did. So I, I don't know why I never did, but I didn't do it. So that was interesting. And uh, but I have had this ever since. I guess I was picked to go to the Withville situation. Man, they're really pink in here, and uh, to interview those coal miners. But before that, I have always been attracted to it and always felt one near me. Now, the ones that I feel close to me are the Pleiadians, and I have had various um, togetherness with the Lyrians, the Pleiadians, the Octurians and whatever their names are, you know they're they're, you know Paul Hellyer said there are 57 known uh, races, and he got up and said that at the Senate in this closure of May 2013, uh, and he's the Minister of Defense of Canada or was he's brilliant, so I just felt like with all these coincidences which is not a word or synchronicities with my having met Paula the way I did and Starworks USA and how I had the history I've told this before of not going down there when they had the Stephen Bill lights uh, you know they didn't Robert didn't want me to get mixed up with my business mixed in with that because he didn't think that people would ever accept it and he was right and so then um, he told me, he said, if, you know, I, he said, I believe in this. He said, if you're supposed to go to the mountain, 
the mountain will come to you. And it did. And so that's when I started with uh, Starworks USA, Paula Harris. And when she had, had her first one was in Glen Rose. Uh, we all met there with Carol Ross and Lynn Katai and uh, others and started it. And uh, we never realized why it was in Glen Rose and when it should have been in Stephenville because it was near there. But nevertheless, all these things are synchronistic, and they brought us all together. Like you and Sasha at the symposium, I met you all several years ago, Janet. And I've never met TJ, but I feel like I know you. So we're we're all saying the same thing. And I know that uh, Robert used to ask me, he said, when we meet, when we go and meet these people, I think it's very interesting that you all speak the same way and you all know all the same people and you've never met them. And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? He said, there are so many ways to tell that this is truth by all these happenings. And there there are. It's just, you know, everybody knows it. It's like Preston Nichols, you know. Now, how did he know me? Because I wasn't really officially in the UFO uh, arena in 1995, 1994, when I think TJ was having some happenings in 93 and 94. I was working with Dr. Bormy in our clinic. And uh, <clears throat> so I found it and watched it. And it was about, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> it was about the underground part of Montauk. And the military base that they said was closed down, and they traced all the electricity where they found out that there was a lot going on way down under. And I saw this uh, this video he sent me. It was back then, what did they call them, video or VHS or whatever. And I was kind of ignorant in a way, kind of not developed intellectually about this. And I kind of got scared of it. And I close it up and put it back in in a drawer and uh, because it came with a little sticky pad on there saying enjoy Karen and I thought how does he know me and I still to this day don't know now I know more because of all I'm learning on how all this operates from military to ET but most of it I think is driven by our friends I, I really do so that's all I can say for right now. That you have. Okay. Oh, let's see. You're out of time. Back to you, TJ. Are you there? Okay, I had to get off. Yeah, I had to get off mute. Okay, well, 93, the Philadelphia Experiment. Uh, Preston Nichols and Peter Moon. Uh, Peter Moon, that's uh, Vince's name, but I don't know if uh, Vince goes by Peter Moon. And he had the series Montauk Project with Sky Books. And somehow or another, the government, uh, that 93, 94, when I was in Hawaii, that's when I met Janet. And uh, uh, I was with Dr. Lars Sturgis, and I was sent to Maui, Hawaii, to uh, talk to Dr. Lesson. So uh, our story gets, the plot thickens with Karen because she found her way to Karen and Dr. Lesson, I mean to Janet and Dr. Lesson, as did I. But I thought my connection through Janet was through uh, the, uh, I didn't know it was through Montauk and Preston Nichols and Peter Moon, 
because she came to me later about Stargate to the Cosmos. And I want people to uh, know that there's nothing similar to having an event called anything to do with Stargate or Heaven's Gate. But I saw on Dateline recently, I wanted to mention that, that we're not trying to create anything like a following like Heaven's Gate of those people that, did what they did with 39 people but that lately that's that puts the fear in you because you're trying to you know do this but this is supposed to be like how we use our words and i know that preston knew i was interested because i was an investigator but i was in hawaii but he was very uh he he was he was interested in me but he was curious because we were using the uh, vibra sound and dr lars sturgis had gotten one and put me on it, and uh, I was having to go to the Whole Life Expo and the Eco Expo and all the stuff that Dr. Sturgis was interested in with people synergistically involved, but she wouldn't go to it, size seminars, but she had a Ph.D., and so did Dr. Lesson. So neither one of them went to size seminars, but we were studying holodynamics, and we were doing uh, therapy, and we were doing hypnosis, and I was teaching classes on holodynamics, hypnosis, and uh, metaphysics, and all of that next to Dr. Sturgis in Maui. But I was sent over because we wanted a spiritual community, and ours was growing, so we were combining because one of our spiritual teachers was leaving, going back to the mainland, and I was going to take over for all the Ph.D.-level types that didn't want to be involved in all this at a certain psychic level or do this because they didn't do psychic work, but they treated people or were therapy people like Dr. Lesson and Dr. Sturgis. But uh, Nichols, we had a deal to do with going off planet in our minds where we would go back into the inner circle and the Stargate. And that's what the government was involved in because we were all meeting together. And Janet can talk about her table tapping or her. This guy was doing uh, uh, impersonations and channeling, and I was channeling. But my channel, Dissension Age, it channeled the book that I wanted Janet uh helped her for the Ascension Age because the ETs gave me a symbol that came down with a, a lightning like Thor and split a tree. And I was telling people all this, but I hadn't written books to talk about all this wacky stuff. And I didn't know it was New Age stuff. So I was reading all I could, and I was working at the bookstores as a psychic. And it got all confused because there was people with the Montauk, and there was people with uh, uh, Stuart Anderson with time travel, and Andrew Bashago with a Pegasus community trying to say that we do this anyway with our minds and he was trying to give it words like you travel in your mind and i think andy was a smart attorney but no that got him credibility so all these names were coming up in my life but i didn't know how to put them together i still don't because it's such a wacky story about time travel and using your mind to talk with esp and an extraterrestrial level of us and yet we call it spirituality but we call it out of body near death experiences and we call it channeling and we call it being in touch with ets and then i had the the exposure to the real physical reality underground and in uniform and working with people you know like uh what was it clifford stone so Clifford Stone was involved, and uh, I have so many names that I didn't know. I've never met them, but it's like Karen said, or her husband. She didn't know that uh, Dolores Cannon was part of this, and she was in the Air Force and her husband, and she learned uh, her own technique by helping people. And I, I believe it was the government 
our NSA and CIA because they all wanted to push us all together. I believe that some form of government keeps up with anybody dealing with metaphysics, psychics, ESP, uh, all those people in Stanford Institute. And we were the volunteers or just curious people that had experiences, but they didn't want to have to pay us all, but they also didn't want us to all wake up. At that time, they were trying to keep us all apart. So I was trying to bring us all together. And I think uh, that's how the the warp of aliens and time travel and wormholes and all that got put together because the government wanted to keep it secret. That's why we have all those disclosures and those uh, non-compete and uh, patents and people that work because the government keeps their scientists and engineers and the universities all for themselves. So the governments can own all the money and the control. So it has to do with greed, power, and control on one level, and the ETs know that. But they also are trying to advance the entire human race. So I believe the Roswell story had to do with advancing all of us to the higher levels that we exist in multi-dimensions and realms that we're not even aware of yet because we're living in the Matrix came out, 89 or 92, didn't it? So the Matrix became a part of this, as did. They were waking up the science world to compete with the religion world to keep us all at odds, which worked for a while. Well, so TJ, I think it's finally out of time. opening up. We're going to go one final round. Can I ask one question? Yeah, you're on time. Go ahead. You, your turn. We're going to go four minutes uh-huh. round because we're running out of time. Go ahead. Your turn. I just wanted to ask a question now about this sure. with uh, Preston Nichols, TJ. Uh, so how did I just want to know quick? How did Preston Nichols know of you? Uh, through the vibration, did you run into Viber him? He was working with Al Bielik and uh, that Cameron guy. Yeah. He was working with two other well, men I plus Vince. Duncan Cameron. <laughs> Duncan Cameron, yeah. So Duncan right. had Duncan ESP. Cameron. How did you meet him? He, well, but Cameron I'm was on the list. How did you meet? Because of how, do, how, do, how did he know about me? You're on the list. Excuse me. I was on a list. You're on the list. Yeah, you're on a list as a point of contact because all of us ESP people well, were on that on a list for the government. Well, see, I thought I was because when I yeah. gathered these two friends to go out to Garland to check out this event, I mean, I had a drive inside of me to do this, and so did these other people. And we had a force within our solar plexus region that we had to go out there and see what Allende had left. And so we were brave enough and silly enough to do it, and uh, and then they then he we we just kept getting in touch, and I even that's when I talked to the lady in Arizona named Beth. I wish I could have remembered her name, and she told me about David Childress, and she told me about Al Bielik, and then I realized that Paula had known these people, and that you had been that you had been together or known or. Had been sought out by President Nichols, so I think this is just amazing. Now this is a definite uh, confirmation on some end, and this is ET. I do believe that. Yeah, well, we did a show with people... Preston, didn't we, TJ? TJ, yeah. didn't we do a One show or... with Preston? Was that me and you? Yeah, you, you and I. One or two yeah, shows. Yeah, you and I. 
Mm-hmm. It's on here somewhere, but we didn't uh, we didn't have a very good show with him because he was wanting to talk to me different than the show, and he would uh, he'd get mad at me because I was supposed to be working with Stuart Anderson, and I was on social you paranormal mean, d- domain with Stuart Anderson. You mean Preston, anyway, Preston I think Nichols? He, yeah, well, we're I talking about Preston Nichols. I just, uh-huh. I just want to say one thing. Also. Inside this cool. this uh, video, he sent a picture of his house where everything from floor to ceiling were computers, and he was in there. Yeah, those room. were uh, those were like a, and he said this the is government ceased to watch the world. They were transistors. Uh, what were they called? There were equipment with handles on the side, but they were like radio transceivers. He had a, he collected them. They, uh, uh-huh. And. He, it was old uh, equipment like we used as radio transceivers. So he was really big well, he into all that stuff. he could look stock. in the houses. Right. And he wanted oh, yeah, to he see had that. Oh, yeah, he had Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Yeah. The government had that. And when I worked for U.S. Express, we could see on the interstate from all the computers, on the pictures, mm-hmm. videos of people driving and stuff. And then they taught us about the satellites. Right. So we had that in the 80s and 90s. But the government didn't yeah, let people know we all had it before we had the, uh, I guess, uh, David Gates and Apple. I don't know because I haven't done a research on how that works. But I did write a few books with the stuff I did know in names, but that's all changed now because I'm smarter. But I haven't done a lot of well, research, I do have but the I name feel dumber, too. Peter, yeah, that, his name, name is Peter Vince Moon. something. And, it, and he yeah. had written a book. It was a little paperback book, so... Was oh so you knew yeah. Peter Moon? Well, Peter was I think I didn't uh, know him. He was, I didn't know him. He, he called me. He was uh, very sweet to me. He called me on my birthday and talked to me. But I wondered why he was being so nice to me because he was a, a publisher like alive? I was. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, P- Peter Moon's still alive. Yeah, I talk to Peter about once a year, twice a year. Oh, really? We do a, a very long show with him. Yeah, he's wonderful. <laughs> Well, that would be interesting. He's like a nice guy. We always catch up. Was he friends with uh, yeah, Preston we... Nichols? Oh, yeah. He wrote the book for him. Yeah. He, he published yeah, the book. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Have you? It was yeah. Al Bielik, Duncan uh, Cameron. Have of the Mod Talk book? Yeah. Wait, one person at a time. Let me just ask a question. Uh, have you read any of the Mod Talk books? I recommend you get them so you can get amused. No, but I haven't. Read the Mod Talk series. There's about ten books. About ten books. I recommend you read them. Did you uh, read them? And then, uh, if you can't read them, I did. Yes, I did. I read them all. Wow. That's how I got into wow. it. I, I can't met, get you to read Al one of my books. <laughs> have you read any well, of my I, books? I, I, I was in a reading phase. <laughs> I don't really have except that one. I did read it. Yeah, I did read the one. But Al, I met Al Billy at a conference. Um, Oh, God, we have a lot of feedback. I'm not sure what's going on. But is something on your computer. Do, is your, do you turn your speaker down on your computer? No, my speaker's off. Because it's always from your side. Turn your speaker down on your side. Uh, always anyway, turn it to zero. I don't even one. have the speaker on at all. I don't have well, the speaker on at all. Well, I think right it's now. our little friends trying on. to be sweet. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, it, it may be even be else. Preston Nichols over there. Ninety. Yeah. Well, we're okay, out of time anyway, Janet. Uh, yeah, we're out of time. Janet, go, try this again should we go Friday. back and listen? 
Karen, I need you to send me some pictures of you so I can have them in my computer. Okay, I will. I couldn't find one because I don't have one to talk about you on my computer. Okay, well, I will, and and send me some, too. Okay. If I can get out, I have a hard time getting out of my... Somebody or something controls my stuff. But I got an open message today. It says... It's, I'm looking at it right now, so I don't know how and why today, because all of a sudden everything would download all at once and go ping, 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 ping on my phones like they're backed up for two weeks. But well, this I came off of Karen Gresham Nickel on the re- Facebook, so oh. which I don't normally go to, and I'm cut off of Twitter uh, some reason. Well, I uh, had I don't sent know. you a, a video of those little girls. Did you get that? Oh, is that what it was? That must be what it is. It's a, it's in the never, It says open message. It's it's a the little. All right. Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't be afraid of that. You have to touch that, and the little girls will come up. Oh, and those okay. are little ET okay, girls. Okay, everybody, say goodbye. Aloha. We're going to be off the air. So much love and blessings, everybody. <laughs> so we'll be back next us. week or not? We will. We'll we'll see you next week. Okay. Okay. That's All right. Well, thank you, okay. ladies. We'll get there, thank I guess. You. Thank you. All right. Thank you, yeah. everybody. Aloha. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye. Okay. I'll play some music here. Let's see. Okay. Thank you. See you next week.